0: what's good this is kelsey founder and fearless leader of dope you are zoned in for an episode of soberpreneur a look at what happens when we deal with our past shit talk openly about that shit and go do other awesome shit At just 20 years old, Brandon Farbstein joins us today to drop some serious inspiration on you as the first guest in a series for Mental Health Awareness Month. Born with a body outside of society's norm, he has overcome unimaginable pain and ridicule to blossom into a self-aware, thoughtful young man. Buckle up, get some tissues ready, here is a heartwarming episode bursting with positivity from Brandon Farbstein. Brandon, thank you so much for jumping on with me. Um, You are a freaking kick-ass dude, and I'm really excited to tell everybody about you today, or rather let you do the talking. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Um, So you're 20 years old. You're speaking all over the world. Uh, You wrote a book. You've made Instagrams 19 under 19 a few years back. I mean, just like epic all around. So I am really grateful I've got you on here to hang out with me today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me
0: it's uh it's really cool to you know i when i started this podcast i didn't know exactly who i'd have on but i just knew everyone was going to have a story and while it's called soberpreneur you know i'm the the sober entrepreneur it's just about what obstacles you've come over uh in your life and going on to make something great of it and it's also mental health awareness month so um it's doubly awesome to have you on can you tell uh, me and everybody a little bit about your story and Um, how all of that awesomeness you've achieved came to be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So to give a little bit of context and a backstory, I was diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism when I was two years old. So at 20 years old, I stand at three foot nine. And obviously, I have quite a unique perspective on the world. And I used to think that was a bad thing. And that was my weakness. But it actually is one of my greatest assets. And I really discovered that when I was about 15, so five years ago, I was asked to give a TEDx talk. And that not only was the very first speech that I had given, but that was the very first time that I was authentic and genuine in sharing my story. And I discovered the immense power in that, in being real and vulnerable, and that was where I really found my purpose in life. And I've been following that ever since. And I genuinely could not imagine doing anything else with my life at this point.
0: So cool. Um, it's super heartwarming to hear like how far you've come. And um, realizing what you realized at 15 and being able to turn that around is uh, such an incredible thing. Um, what was life sort of like for you? Or how were you viewing things before Um, you sort of had that realization.
1: Honestly, I like to say that even though I had so many eyes on me on a daily basis, because when you're three foot nine and this good looking, how can you not? (laughs) But (laughs) I I basically felt invisible in the world. Like nobody saw me for who I really was, because they were only seeing my external shell. And Mm. For the first really 15 years of my life up until that point, I felt like I was completely alone and my pain had no purpose. And I really struggled with mental health all throughout my childhood and teen years, but it reached a boiling point for the first time when I was 11 years old. And Mm -hmm. I came home from school one day and I said to my mom, I don't wanna do this anymore, I hate myself, I hate being here and I wanna Mm -hmm. die, I'm going to kill myself and I literally was moments away from ending my life, ending my journey, and I'm very blessed that I have two incredibly loving parents who got me the support that I needed and really helped me open my eyes to show me that I wasn't alone. And it was through that professional help that slowly but surely I started realizing the fact that we're all going through something Mm -hmm. and people that are able to be real and genuine about it are those that make the most profound impact on the world around them. But it was even after I started speaking up at the age of 15 and I gave that TEDx talk, the cyberbullying still was so severe for me. And it got to the point in high school that I was forced to leave halfway through my junior year because it got so bad that I was receiving a new death threat, what seemed like every single week from the peers at my school. And as you can imagine, that was just such a toxic environment for me, not just for my mental health, but really Uh, every aspect of my life. It was affecting your personal
0: safety, your family. Yeah. Yeah. That's hitting everything at that point. I mean, it's, um, it is so saddening that I feel like for generations now, you know, the bullying that goes on in schools, it's like, kids are just ruthless. And if you're at all different from what, you know, normal or eventually like high school years, cool seems or something, yeah. it's, uh, it's just shunned so loudly. And I think like you talk about cyberbullying, and that's just, it's another level here. Cause when, um, you know, when I was in high school, AOL Instant Messenger was out and (laughs) uh, MySpace was out. So it was sort Mm of starting these like um, this ability for people to, you know, uh, it was used to be like creating a fake MySpace page or something. Someone would make a fake page about you and say all these bad things. And now I feel like, I mean, it's multi platform. Like people are coming at your page personally. You know, there's doxing and swatting and like things have gotten. know on screen and off screen really elevated um in like the bullying scene and it's just um it's so sad because like you said everybody has something going on uh the bully and the bullied typically you know there's like there's stuff that people don't see and um what they're not looking at going under the going on under the hood and that's the saddest part like you we can't just say like all you know. The bullies just need to stop. It's like the bullies need to figure out what's going on with them. And that means like households need to be able to talk about what's going on and how people are feeling. And, you know, it's like, is that kid growing up in a world where um, he's not allowed to, you know, talk about his feelings or, or parents yes. being bad examples of, hey, that person's different. You know, the commentary that your kid hears growing up shapes a lot. So um, exactly. I mean, and
1: I, I want to go deeper into that because the the realization that I made a couple years back after I got past all of that was that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I used to think it was my fault that I was getting attacked and targeted every single day. But then I made the realization that these people must be in so much pain and suffering to such a great level that they have to lash out at somebody like me. And they Mm -hmm. have to spew such hatred And it really made me be empathetic to them. And I got to the point where not only I was able to forgive them for what they did, though no excuse to how much hurt they caused me that will stay with me for the rest of my life, but I realized how much they must have been going through. And that helped me quite a lot because... I not only was able to kind of put answers behind it and not feel like it was my fault, but I also realized that I have an extreme ability to reach out to people like that and recognize exactly what's going on, that it's just a direct reflection of how they're internally feeling, And even if they don't accept my help or they won't open up to what's really going on, maybe it'll plant that seed for them to one day recognize the power that they have both for the bad and all the negative that they're spreading, but also to help people and to spread positivity and kindness because it's really not that hard
0: it's quite a gift you have you know the empathy you almost wish they had you're having upon upon them to consider like what it might be like in their shoes or what they might be feeling and almost like a release for for you to um look at it in a different view and though it completely pales in comparison i <laughs> I, I you're looking at dope's customer service for a long time and so sometimes i'd get an email from someone that was just like how are they this angry at a cookie dough company? You know, like, what did I do? You know, and then I started to realize in a similar vein, like, you know, a, just parody of an analogy here, but um, that, yeah, they, they're they probably going through something really shitty. Like some mm-hmm. terrible thing happened this morning and now their cookie dough is a daily and it's unbearable. <laughs> and yeah. They cannot stand for it. So it, it does help you as the recipient sort of like, uh, I guess process it in a better light where you're just like, um, yeah, imagining viewing it from what must be happening in theirs. It's the old adage with like the road rage, the person who's cutting you off, you know, you don't know if they're rushing to meet their wife at the hospital is giving birth or right. you know um, or something else is going on. So yeah, yeah truly overall, we never
1: know what somebody else is going through, what battles they might be dealing with that day. And as hard as it is, we have to get past our own hurt and pain in order to see that. and that's really what empathy is all about.
0: Yeah. And no big deal. I mean, you did that at 11. It's fine. (laughs) Pretty, pretty awesome. I really, I mean, uh, reading up on you and, and just our, our brief chat before too, it felt like the wisdom you've garnered took me a long time and, you know, journey through alcoholism into getting, um, sober myself to have that sort of, uh, insight and even ability to calm and stop and consider, how am I feeling inside? Or like, you know, what's going on? So, um, you know, given everything you've you've come through, what does mental health mean to you?
1: It really means self-care, making sure that your well-being is the utmost priority because truly, if we are not taking care of ourselves, there's absolutely no way that we're gonna be able to help anybody else in a genuine, real capacity. And that's what it's all about. It's making sure that we are caring for ourselves to the point where we're cutting off toxic people, whether they're family members, their friends, their coworkers. Yes, we're always going to be around negative energy, especially on social media, but it's our choice what we let consume us and how much mm-hmm. power we give to either another person or a situation and that's the the thing that we all have to do for ourselves ask the question what am i going to do with what i've been handed you could either see yourself as not being good enough or because you look a certain way you won't achieve or whatever the bullshit story that we tell ourselves in our head and i want to really emphasize it's bullshit we all have this mindset that takes over us at some points in our life that tells us that we're going to fail or that we're not good enough or we're not worthy of achievement or fulfillment or whatever the thing is. But we have to be able to get out of our own way and Mm -hmm. rewire the thoughts and the feelings that were constantly going on inside of our head and really asking yourself what the story is what those thoughts are that you're repeatedly telling yourself on a daily basis because really we start to believe it even if it's not true and Mm -hmm. so that's why for me positive affirmations and being grateful and focusing on the things that i can control have been such game changers for me but honestly in addition to that it's as simple as making sure you're being deliberate about where your energy is going and who is taking up your time and your space, especially on social media. I would bet most of us are spending a lot of time and effort on screen, on our socials, and we have to do a better job of curating it, making sure that content and the people that we're connected to uplift us in Mm -hmm. some way and are adding some sort of value to our life instead of having a news feed full of hate, or full of negativity, or people that do nothing but complain. Because truly, Mm -hmm. we absorb a lot of that energy, whether we realize it and recognize it or not. So I think it's something we all need to do a better job of. That word being deliberate is something that I think is universal. And it's a very easy fix to feeling happier, less stressed, and less anxious, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's uh, so often forgot how much is in our control, you know, you just go, oh, well, you know, it's just the newsfeed It's just always blasting me and it's like yeah, that, that's on you. You've got a finger. You've got the unfollow button like you can yes. uh, You know, you can figure out what it's gonna look like and it's um, easy to be in that sort of ni- mind numbing scrolling and um, You don't even realize how much you are soaking in just like you said, it's like an energy exchange on there So do you want more stuff that's positive? do you want more stuff that's negative? You know, whether it's someone that's complaining or it's, uh, you know, you're following this Instagram model that every time she comes up makes you feel bad about your stomach or, you know, whatever it is. They're clearly
1: photoshopped pictures.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's all these like unrealistic goals that end up just making you feel, um, yeah, less than. So I think that's a huge piece of advice, just sort of taking it uh, on your own. And like you said, you know, get out of your own way in a lot of regards. I think that's such a big part of mental health and we are constantly telling ourselves these stories over and over again. And um, you're the one saying it in your head. So you do with enough mindfulness and I think practice on it doesn't happen overnight, but uh, beginning to at least note when it happens, when you say something negative about yourself. Um, I remember uh, reading this book called The Untethered Soul. And it was kind of my first soiree into this concept that there, you know, is a seat of consciousness that we sit in and, and watch thoughts go by. So for someone who's like, oh, you know, I can't just stop saying those things to myself, they say it without me wanting to say it, you know, my head just has its own thoughts running. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just even the when you realize it next time stopping and noting it can be a, a huge thing. So um, I think that's a, a massive game changer. Um, how do you do it? How do you check in with yourself and, and keep yourself centered and uh, keep tabs on that, that mental health?
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I used to very much suppress and repress the painful and negative emotions that would come up by putting a million things in front of me as a distraction. And I would always keep myself busy to take myself out of that place of being uncomfortable or being with that negative feeling. But Mm -hmm. I realized when we do that, those feelings come back tenfold. And they really damage us in a way that we might not recognize or realize at first. But if we're not addressing and acknowledging feelings as they come up naturally, they turn into a very detrimental thing. So for me, what it looks like now is as things come up, instead of trying to either distract myself or suppress with a negative coping mechanism, I'm able to now kind of sit with that discomfort and understand that what I'm feeling is temporary. I know that it's going to go away just like thoughts come in waves, ups and downs and ups and downs. But we have to be able to not let ourselves get stuck there. And that's why practices like meditation or mindfulness or even using an app like Headspace or Calm that just helps you breathe for five minutes, it is such a game changer because it gets us out of that state. It gets us out of that place of being suffering Mm -hmm. and nothing but darkness and, and negativity. And so it's so vital that as things come up for you, you're acknowledging and actually allowing yourself to feel those feelings. As simple as it sounds, it's such a difficult thing for so many of us. And whether it's drinking, it's smoking, it's overeating, we have these vices that unfortunately take control that we think make us feel better, we think makes the pain go away, but in fact, it just numbs it.
0: I couldn't agree more. I... Went through uh, a lot of that with the years of drinking and trying to just, um, yeah, distract from the stress and the anxiety. And um, it's a very difficult thing in our society to find those moments to just stop and breathe because you're, you know, sitting, staring at the screen all day at work. And then you're finally done working and all of a sudden quarantine, you know, it's just pick up the phone and move to the couch or wherever, wherever it is. But then you're on your phone and then you're scrolling and then you're half watching a show and then... And then you've got to go to bed. And it's like your brain literally never had time to sit, reorganize through what just happened during the day or consider how you are feeling inside. And then, yes. you know, you lash out on your partner at night or, or whatever happens. And it's because like you had a lot of emotions that you didn't process from, you know, that uh, uncomfortable work call that happened earlier, or the deal that didn't go through or whatever it is that that started to happen or that, you know, someone says something crappy to you on social media um, and it's just a, you know, total butthead and you're like, ignoring it onto the next thing, scroll away instead of really stopping and ever thinking about it. So, um, those apps are massively helpful. I actually found another one. I don't know if you've heard of this
1: 10%. Oh, I have heard of it. I haven't tried it yet though. Super
0: cool. Loved it. Um, I thought it was really nice because sometimes I'm using meditation to stop and help with my anxiety, I guess, but then mm-hmm. I get anxious about some of the meditation apps because they just, <laughs> <Re-tweet>. throw, you, <laughs> yes. they just throw you right into it. And they're like, okay, ma'am, sit here for 10 minutes in silence and figure it out. And my brain's like, I can't calm down. You know? it's, it's
1: so like, freaking hard. <laughs>
0: so i love 10 percent that they um they like ease my brain into it like there's a video at the beginning of the meditation to talk through sort of the lesson they're going to go over or like the skill that they're going to be training in this in this session so it helps me um kind of get into the zen before i have to be zen
1: that's <laughs> if, awesome if
0: that's helpful to anyone yeah 10 percent was a cool one for me so one thing that really resonated with me that you said was about um you know, not really facing the emotions and finding other stuff like many of us do with some vice that's going to uh, help numb it, help get through it. Um, what was your your advice? how did you how did you cope with what was going on?
1: So a few years back, I and also a little bit more context, I suffer from daily pain because of my condition. I have arthritis in my joints, and it's just something that I have to deal with. And so, I used to get pretty paralyzed by that and not know really how to deal with it or how to cope. And so when I went to my doctor with that, at the age of 16, I was prescribed Tramadol, which is a very, very strong synthetic opiate painkiller that isn't as bad, I guess, as an OxyContin or something like that, but it affects your mind, it affects your brain the same way, basically. And as a 16-year-old, As you're going through adolescence and your brain is still maturing, it was very, very damaging to me. I got to the point where I became very reliant, very dependent Mm -hmm. uh, to the point that it was essentially everything to me, making sure that I was on my medication. I took it first thing in the morning. I took it multiple times a day because it not only was providing me the pain relief, but it was numbing what I was feeling inside. And it was what I thought filling me up with these feel-good emotions and uh, a way to escape from the pain that I was feeling not only physically, but obviously Mm -hmm. immense pain internally as well. And it got to the point where I was on it for almost two years along with an antidepressant that I had been prescribed since I was 11. And that combination completely changed me. And when I was on my medication versus when I was off was literally night and day. The mood swings, the irritability, the energy level change. um, I just was a a total a-hole when I did not have my medication because my life started to revolve around it. And thank God I, I was able to get to a point internally that I recognized that this was no longer serving me. And I was able to get to that point through personal development. And I was invited to a Tony Robbins event, one of his premier three and a half day seminars called Unleash the Power Within, where the first night you literally walk on fire. So they burn this huge campfire all day. And uh, it sounds absolutely <laughs> insane.
0: I am loving it. I am. It. I can't so, wait to see how this
1: goes. <laughs> I'm still here. So that's a good sign. Um, so they burn this campfire all day in a parking lot because the event is hosted at an arena. So in the back of the arena, this parking lot, they, they empty it out. And they take all of the embers, the hot coals, from the fire, and they spread them out into, I think, about 30 individual lanes. There were about 15,000 participants at this event, to give you an idea of this year's size of it.
0: I just want to be at the back of the group so that the coals have cooled down (laughs) by then.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, they keep putting fresh ones down every few (laughs) minutes, so that wouldn't be an option. And so basically like
0: tough mutter, uh, <laughs> stare on stare <laughs> or something <laughs>
1: yeah and and so tony has uh, just this incredible way of training your mind to change your physiology to not get burned and i know that sounds absolutely crazy but the power of your thoughts control how your body feels and how your body reacts. So that entire day for, I think it was like 12 hours, he has you do all of these exercise to to reprogram what your mind is telling you and what those thoughts are that are constantly going on inside your head. And it's an incredible analogy for life because if you can walk across a thousand degree coals without getting burnt which that's all these the the commonality nobody really gets hurt from this Um, obviously there are people that may get blisters or things if they don't follow the instructions properly but nobody really gets severely hurt from it and so i was able to recognize a couple things number one how much personal power I had and the ability to be in the driver's seat of my own life and not let either anyone or anything, including medication, dictate the way that I lived or how I felt. And I got to the end of the seminar and my mom was with me and we got home and I took both prescription pill bottles and I said, I'm no longer going to take these. They are ruining who I am on the inside. They're separating me from my core. And I hate the effects that I feel Mm -hmm. by being on this medication. And that was the last day that I ever took a prescription pill. And that was such a huge pivot in my life, because Mm -hmm. I literally took my power back. And to anybody listening who is going through something similar, whether it's pills, it's alcohol, it's any type of drug, Uh, even weed, you have to understand that there's a time and place for those things. And I totally get that we use them to numb and we use them to maybe relieve a little bit of our stress. But when you get to the point where your life revolves around it, and you can't imagine living or even being awake without being high or being drunk or being on a pill, it's time to make a change.
0: Mhm mhm I got goosebumps Brandon you done did it you done did it <laughs> um I I absolutely feel like that's such an important message for people particularly when you extend it to things like weed or even you know I felt um the connection to like cigarettes where like you just if you've got anything in your life where you're to the point that you are looking at the clock counting down the minutes till your next one you know it's food mm-hmm. for some people like when am yeah. I going to have the next like you know cookie or sugar or whatever you know there's all these other addictive substances in our life that we're using to get the hit of dopamine and feel a little bit better no dopamine uh, intended there but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I think like it's so easy for people to not realize like you are addicted to weed like yeah you think it's just like fun and like stoner life but if if you can't get through a day or it's on your mind all the time about when the next one i just would love if people could like consider what their life might be like without it um and you know prescription pills it's you are uh not sadly not unique case there with being prescribed something that was uh with good intentions but then it's these are such powerful drugs and you know giving it to someone who's Um, still in their teens. Like you hear about all the sports industry injuries that, that end up getting prescribed it. And um, it's a really, really dangerous path to go on because they are such strong drugs. And um, then you see something like this, Tony Robbins example, where it's like, our mind has an incredible ability to rework things. And um, so many doctors are so quick to prescribe something. And I wish we had a better meshing in this world of you know, I don't know if you want to call it homeopathic, but just like other remedies to to solve something Um, and, you know, to try and use- Beyond
1: a prescription, beyond a quick, easy fix that so many of these doctors think are helping. But Mm -hmm. something that I want to remind everybody, your doctor's advice is literally that, it's advice. I think it's really important to recognize when you need to bring another opinion on, but not- one person is gonna give you the answer or the solution. It's up to you to innovate your own, to seek Mm -hmm. out what works for you and what doesn't. And it's okay to say no, it's okay to not agree with every opinion, every perspective that you get, but it truly is up to you to make Mm -hmm. sure you're having these tough conversations, whether it's with your doctor, your therapist, a family Mm -hmm. member, a close friend, But you have to reveal the truth. You have to be real about what is going on. And if something is affecting you to the point, like I said, that your life revolves around it, that is very unhealthy, both physically and emotionally. And what I want to tell you is there is so much freedom waiting for you on the other side. You might not think these things are holding you back, but Mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, I can tell you that it is. The momentum that you achieve after making that pivot. And I know Kelsey, you could agree to this as well. It's mm-hmm. huge what you're able to accomplish and the person that you're you're able mm-hmm. to become once you're it's able like to get that freedom, right? <laughs> you yeah. just
0: can't believe that this was inside the whole time. You know, I think um there's shades of of who I was showing before, even when I was drinking, but always just muted you know i wasn't fully going after everything i wasn't really like you know gung ho to make my dreams come true and figure out what i was most passionate about and it was just so easy to coast and i feel like it's like lifting a veil on um, all your potential and just uh, absolutely agree it was night and day um with who i am now versus who i was when i was still drinking so um very very grateful for both of us having found what we did and yeah, to anybody else listening, if you're on the same journey, there's just some freaking kick ass life ahead <laughs> if you yes. can, if you can get get it under control. So, um, yeah, amazing stuff. What's kind of like, you know, you've given a lot of amazing tidbits, but what's sort of the pieces of advice you'd like to leave with, um, anybody listening? any mantras you have to live by.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we're obviously in a very unique time right now. Everybody keeps using the word unprecedented. And for those that may be listening- (laughs) What's happening? Yeah. For those that may be listening in a few months, what what we're going through right now is the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously, none of us have experienced anything like this before, I would bet. And it's very easy to fall back on our old ways, whatever they might have been overeating or going back to smoking or drinking or popping pills. And we have to recognize right now that we're in is an opportunity to really cultivate that self-care, to practice new routines and find what works for us and what doesn't. It's also an opportunity to take a step back and reprioritize, refocus on where our energy, where our time is going, whether it's in a job that isn't fulfilling or it's causing us so much anxiety and stress on a daily basis, or even a relationship that we're in, that we're not getting that spark anymore. We're not getting the love that we used to receive. It is time to make a change when you know you need to make a change. And sometimes that shows up as negative feedback or us hitting a point where it's rock bottom, where we feel like we can't continue on because of the situation that we're in or whatever the life experience is. But what I want to challenge every single listener to do right now is find ways for you to care for yourself a little bit extra during this time. Because truly, there is always going to be uncertainty. There is always going to be adversity and stress and anxiety and all of the things that are perpetuating right now, obviously, to a pretty high extreme level. But if we can learn to deal with that in a positive way, in a productive way, in a way that helps not only us, but the people around us as well, it's life changing, my friends. And as hard as things might be, I want to remind you this too shall pass.
0: Amazing. You are just just preaching to my soul, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is amazing. And it's like so really important for people to remember that um, routines are so hard to change up. And somehow this pandemic has been the great shakeup, you know, we're all in a new routine. So if there was ever an amazing time to try and get something new in your routine, whether you're going to try meditation, or you want to try journaling, or you want to try eating better, or you want to try stopping smoking, like the things that make these habits like smoking, for example, it's so habitual. And now you've got this chance where there's not the same you know, cigarette break at your work because you're not at the office anymore. Or, you know, there's just such a great opportunity for people to make a positive change um, during this time. And instead of focusing on it with all the negative and and sadness that it comes with, trying to think about what good could come out of this. So
1: Absolutely. um, And it really is all about perspective, because mm -hmm. we could either choose to see everything that's going wrong and focus solely on the economy or the number of rising cases and deaths and all of that yes it's important to be in touch with reality and to not be overly positive in a toxic way Mm -hmm. where you're ignoring what's actually going on but if we could choose to have the perspective of seeing all the good that's coming out of this all of the healing around mother earth and the pollution being less Mm -hmm. severe and the air and the water being pure things like that It also doesn't need to mean we're isolated. You know, being socially distant from one another does not have to mean we are emotionally isolated. And for me, what that's meant is a hell of a lot more connection and more FaceTimes and Mm -hmm. calls with friends and people that I want to connect to, just saying hi, checking in on each other, or asking for help or advice when we need it. It is not weak in the least. To ask for help, to seek support, and I find it, the people that are able to do that are some of the strongest among us.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a really neat time for that reconnection, and in, in ways we'd sort of gotten, I'd say, lazy with before. You know, right. it's like, well, you know, they're always there. Or I could always see them, or we'll probably get together. And now, um, yeah, sort of pushed people to try and reconnect more and. Um, for anyone feeling, you know, isolated, um, and unable to, to connect, it's just so important to be reaching out. Like there is someone in your network or your friend group that probably feels, um, a little more alone than usual right now. So trying to keep all the the tendrils out and be reaching out to people as much as um, I can. And I think it's a great, um, great tool to remember. So, um, I think you've done an incredible amount in 20 years, but I love asking guests what um, What legacy you hope to leave behind. So many, many years from now, what do you hope people say about, about Brandon Farbstein?
1: A couple things. Number one, I want to be known for being 10 feet tall and not being defined by the size that I am because I hope. By the end of of this podcast, you've kind of forgotten the fact that I'm three foot nine, even though you can't see me right now. Obviously- You
0: sound tall. You got to
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know people people don't expect this to come out of such a body, but I also want people to recognize that we all have been given this life for a reason. All of the things that make you, you- I believe, are there for a very distinct reason. And as much as you might want to change those things, whether it be how you look or the way that you think or whatever your life circumstance might be, understand that whatever your belief is, whether it's the universe, it's God, it's the creator, you are here for a purpose. And I know it might be hard to remember that sometimes, but follow what brings you the most light, the most joy and what really fills you up and i guarantee you it will lead you to your purpose.
0: Yeah, it's um you know it's almost like a cliche saying where people think oh well, you know, yeah, i have a purpose but it's not as great as so and so's. We're sort of in this like comparison society where right. it seems like if you're not Brad Pitt, you've just failed at being a man or something. <laughs> um you know, we can all we can all dream, but um it's really important there is some something, some reason, some why you are exactly the way you are. And, um, you know, the, the exciting journey in my life was discovering that. So I think for people feeling lost or like they haven't found that yet, you know, just working on yourself, those self-discovery, like steps that you mentioned and things like the, both of us took to get, you know, those numbing items out of our life. And, um, yeah, you start to get clarity about why you are here, why you are the way you are. So, um, you've somehow managed to put all of this wealth of knowledge you've got into a book. Is that right?
1: I did. And Amazing. it's 10 feet Tall, coincidentally. <laughs>
0: Man, perfect name. Should be 100 feet tall, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> then we might be, then we'll be in another, uh, <laughs> then it's too far the other way. So you can't win here. <laughs> That's awesome. 10 feet tall. So, what is it? What can people expect?
1: So I didn't want to write just about my life story and make it about kind of just my experience. I wanted to definitely share my truths, but also the tools and the tips that I've picked up in the short life that I've had already and how all of us can adopt those things to be able to use what we've been given to step into our truth fully and change the freaking world with what we've been handed. It's universal, and it's very easy to be overwhelmed by life in itself. And whether we have a disability or not, or whatever the the thing is that we think defines us, it truly doesn't. We set our own definition of ourself. And what the book really is, is how everybody can adopt these gifts and utilize what's inside of them to not only give themselves the greatest life possible, but to fulfill your purpose and impact the world around you.
0: Yeah, you have, uh, I feel like so many elements of, you know, your story, who you are, who you've become are wildly applicable to people in many different circumstances and with many different, you know, um, shortcomings in their own mind, you know, whatever their, their thing is that, um, they're hung up on or looking down on themselves for, like, you've just got something that really can help a lot of people. So it is such a gift. You've, you've been able to harness that and, and focus on, uh, full-time, right? On speaking and, and the book yep. and everything. It's it's just amazing. So where Thanks. can people snag this book ASAP?
1: So it's on Amazon. <laughs> just search 10 feet tall or my name, Brandon Farbstein. And if you go to my website, brandonfarbstein.com, you will see it right on the homepage as well.
0: I love it, man. I need a website, a <laughs> personal <laughs> website. Do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yes, it's coming. Um, I'm like in crazed land trying to uh, keep this thing growing and, and rolling. And I'm like, my personal brand will come. But <laughs> totally. I, um, I I'm so happy to have outlets like this to have great conversations with people like you. Um, I wanted to know on your speaking engagement. So whenever we can have large gatherings, again, you know, I'm sure people would love to book you they should go to your website. Yeah, to contact you.
1: Yes. So what's really cool about my message is that I said before, it's universal. So the audiences that I speak to just range completely from high schools and universities, all the way to Fortune 100 companies and huge business conferences of 5,000 people or more, because really empathy is universal. Empathy is the key that we all need to unlocking human connection, but also unleashing our own inner greatness.
0: Yeah, it's a powerful message for the youth audience when you think about bullying and encouraging people to, you know, have more empathy in that regard, but In business, especially, you know, I spent 10 years working at Intel and I can think of a lot of conversations where if, uh, you know, there'd been a little more empathy in the room for someone else's view or the way they thought the project should be done, you know, there's a great application for this in business too. Have you pivoted at all with what's going on with the pandemic to do some like virtual public speaking? I know companies have done like virtual happy hours. I was thinking maybe they'd do a virtual, um, yeah, like seminar.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So it's been Incredibly difficult. I'll be very real. Um, about two months ago, as all of this started to get very bad, I would say here in the US and things mm-hmm. started to shut down, I saw literally every single booking of mine, every speaking engagement cancel or push back to next year. And that is all of my income. So it's definitely been uh quite an, an upside down turn, but I'm now starting to see the silver lining to it and really this time and the energy that i now have not being on the road every week and traveling Mm -hmm. from gig to gig i'm able to focus on some huge projects that will absolutely change the world one to give a sneak peek i am working on a very large social impact campaign with the un and warner music that is called be the one that encourages the change that we all want to see in the world and that it's really possible starting with our own life and making small steps that not only again help ourselves but the world around us as well and that's centered around empathy so I'm really excited to be a part of that and you know all Sorry. these other things that I'm trying to to figure out as things change very rapidly I'm mm-hmm. just putting myself out there as much as possible and trying to be that beacon of hope and a resource for as many people as possible as well
0: It's amazing because exactly what you preach in your book and, you know, even in just talking to you about your perspective, um, you had literally all of your income wiped away overnight. Um, As you know, so many businesses or service industry folks like the event industry was just pummeled by this. So, um, you know, you were able to say, what else can I do? You know, what else can I create? That's awesome. And I thought for Dope, it's been an incredible opportunity for us to stay hyper focused. We're in a massive like Um, growth position for our online business and if I had all the other like add-ons of life going on you know with like needing to travel or see my family or friends wanting to get dinner it's like all those distractions um, would have you know been added on so I tried to like look at a positive like yes our storefront is closed on the strip but now we have all this you know extra bandwidth to just focus on what we're going to do with e-commerce so I think you did a really amazing thing by thinking um, yes, that's different. Uh, but what else <laughs> can I do that's impactful? And I thought, for you know, the beginning of this, I was like, so many great business ideas are going to come from this time because it's yes. for a lot of people who were laid off or furloughed. You know, you are sitting on the couch thinking, do I love the job that I'm in? Is there something else I could do to change the world? Or you know, there's just all these like revisiting moments you can have with so um, shape in the future.
1: And it's really, it's a time to ask ourselves what we really want and whether it's a dream, it's a side hustle, it's starting Mm -hmm. a new company or business or whatever the thing is, now is the time to do it. And it's okay to fail. It's okay to not have all the answers figured out. Every single successful person, as cliche as this sounds, you have to remember has a huge list of failures that came before any success that they have achieved. And I just think it's so important to recognize that we're all human. We're going to mess up. We're not going to mm-hmm. get it right at first. And that a effing okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so true. Warren Buffett didn't wake up one day <laughs> with everything he has.
1: <laughs> no. Um, you
0: And uh, I had no freaking idea what I was doing when I started dope, but it is the like prime time to try an idea out. If you've been laid off and, you know, you've got some, some heart, some passion in there. I read the book, you are a Badass" uh, a few months before I ended up quitting my job to start, start dope. And it was like that reminder that, you know, you can do it. Like you had that idea looming. You've wanted to start that, that store or that shop or that bakery or whatever it is in your head for so long. And um, yeah, you sort of had this weird crazy uh, societal experiment going on that's giving everyone the opportunity to make it come to life. So we'll see what comes out of this. And I'm really excited to see um, what comes with the uh, be the one uh, campaign that you're working on. So, Um, In the more immediate future with Mental Health Awareness Month, the crowd goes wild. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really happy that we're working together. So if you guys tune in to Dope's Instagram every Monday this month, we're doubling our donation to uh, the nonprofit that helps provide affordable mental health care um, here in Southern Nevada. And when we launch your episode, Brandon will be on IG live um, to talk about it with our followers and people can tune in on Mondays on uh, Dope's Instagram as well. Uh, You can see the Mental Health Monday theme going to get some free cookie dough. So we'll be doing some giveaways for some mental health activities and all that. So love yourself. And I hope Brandon's story gave everybody a little sliver of uh, happiness and some goosebumps like I got. So thank you for jumping on here, Brandon. You are an amazing soul. And I'm, I'm really happy that you're here in this world with us.
1: Thank you so much, Kelsey. I'm honored.
0: Whoa. Thanks for listening to that whole podcast. You rock. All right. We hope you're leaving here today with even a smidge more inspiration than when you showed up. If you did, my job is done here. Subscribe to our podcast, follow us at Eat Dope. And if you're craving some cookie dough, and I mean, when are you not? Order at dope.com. It's D-O-U-G-H-P.com and use code SOBERPODCAST for 10% off. Have a dope day.